Hi, and welcome to The Literary Sipper. This is Amber Beatty Hill, your host. Today we're going to talk about your three creative prompts for this fall, this October. So hopefully in episode December 16, I convinced you that you don't have to sign up for every class that comes across your Instagram feed and that you don't have to join every workshop, go to every free webinar, that you can take the time instead to focus on the creative project you want to see come to fruition. But more than that, it was to ask yourself, why do I feel like I need to take this class? Is it because I don't think I know enough? Is it because I want to find community? Is it because I want to share more of my work with the world? So now that you've come to that decision, the question then becomes, where are you going to find inspiration on those days where you just feel a little meh, like you want to have someone else do the decision making for you? As a mom, you have decision making fatigue all of the time. What to have for every meal? What uh, activities should your kids sign up for? What uh, days do you have to do the carpool or make the soccer snacks or walk the dog, whatever it is, you're constantly making decisions about what stays and goes in your house, what stays and goes in your calendar. And sometimes it's nice creatively to have someone else do that work for you. And that's kind of what I did when I wrote the October creative prompts checklist. And it wasn't that I think that you should do all of those creative prompts. Instead, is that I think it's a good place to sort of come to when you feel not quite yourself, when you know that being creative will help you to be more in tune with yourself, but you just don't know where to start. And, you know, there are fall bucket lists for everything. Apple picking, pumpkin patches. I don't know. What else do people do in the fall? Buy sweaters. I don't know. But in any case, for those creative types like myself, it's important that you exercise your creativity. And I am a big fan sometimes of going outside of what you consider your chosen medium. So if you're a dancer, maybe it's time to sing. If you're a singer, maybe it's time to get your camera out. If you're a photographer, maybe it's time to write. So today I'm just going to focus on three of the creative prompts that I offered up in the October list. And if you are interested in that checklist, you can find it on my Substack. Um, you can also find it on my website, ambervdhill.com. And you can just play along and decide which of those things you want to do. But the three I would encourage you to do that I think are fairly easy and good places to start um, are the following. So the first one is, as you know, very important to me, and that's reading. And so the idea of reading out of your comfort zone. So if you are someone who loves mysteries, maybe it's time to pick up a nonfiction book. If you're someone who always picks up nonfiction, maybe it's time to pick up a poetry book. Maybe it's time to read a work in translation. And that is what I think right now I'm going to do to push myself out of the comfort zone. And I think I would encourage everyone to do that. Um, I spoke about in an earlier episode, the bookstore Naranchi in Vancouver which is a bookstore that will expand your taste, expand your horizon, and let you know about all of the other um, cultures and books available to you, especially works in translation. So if you are near the Vancouver area, I highly recommend going there. But there's tons and tons of works out there. And 
poetry especially, I think, is an easy way to access works in translation. And the commonalities of humanity, the commonalities of the human experience are what you get most out of works in translation. And it is the love that the translator has that he's trying to channel for you. And that's the thing that's the most powerful. I read this article um, right after, uh, I can't remember where I read it, but the idea was, it's uh, called The Merits and Disadvantages of Reading Translated Literature. And so the idea of what is lost when we do we read works in translation and, you know, meanings and aphorisms, not just of a time, but of a place or a language or a culture. And it can feel like translation of a text is kind of futile, like you'll never actually get into the meaning of what it means to read in that language, live in that time period, experience those feelings the way that that person experience them. Isn't that all of literature? Isn't that what you get out of literature in general is the ability to empathize the stew can closest we've come as humans beyond, I think, singing. I think music has a way to translate human emotion, regardless of language, in a way that literature can't. But man, does it come close. And the one thing that I can say is that a translator is basically saying to their audience, look, I love this work and I want you to love it too. And I want you to have the gift of this author, this time period, these words, and I'm going to deliver to you the best I can. And it really emphasizes the need for communication across cultures. And I think in this time period right now that we're experiencing, it's more important than ever to read works in translation. So I really, really encourage you to do that. And I'd be happy to add some links in the show notes to books in translation that I think would be wonderful, both modern and um, more classical. The second creative prompt I would urge you to do is to start using all of your senses, you know, not just focus on, again, the one that's tied most closely to your medium, but really like the ones that a lot of people don't think about when they think about art, the idea of smell, the idea of taste, because those are the things, especially in writing, that make your scenes come alive, that make world building so important. And so what I would urge you to do is to go eat something you've never tried before, whether it's a type of food or a certain fruit or something really, you go to your grocery store and you've seen a million times, but you're like, what is jackfruit or a dragon fruit? Or I don't know, pick something, a chip that you're like, that's gross. My kids want to eat ketchup flavored Lay's. Okay, well, I'm going to try it. Or candy you've never tried. Whatever it is, allow yourself to be in an experience you've never had before with something as simple as food. Gretchen Rubin, is all about this right now. She's talking about her book, The Five Senses. So it's all over her webpage, her Instagram, all her socials. And she has this thing called the sense quiz where you can take it and see which sense is the most underutilized for you. 
And I'm specifically talking about taste because I think it's something everyone can do. Like, I think you can walk into a grocery store and have something you've never had before pretty easily and pretty inexpensively. It's a little different to say, like, I'm going to go smell a bunch of perfume or a bunch of candles or whatever and have an experience. Um, I think that's a little harder to tie to your um, art. But I don't know. Maybe it isn't. Maybe you burn a candle of a certain scent every time you go to your studio. And that's the scent that's most closely linked to your artwork. And then if you change that up, what will happen? Will something new come to fruition? I mean, these are interesting questions to me because routines and habits are often about what feels comfortable in our senses. So if we push the envelope a little bit outside of what we usually do, does that translate into larger movements within our art form? I don't know. It's something to play with. And I think going out to dinner somewhere that you've never been maybe to a type of food you've never had, is a great way just to have an experience. Put yourself in a room you've never been in before, people you've never been around before. Go do something new in a town you've never visited before and just soak up all the sounds, smells, sights, art, architecture, people, whatever it is, and and do that for yourself. And I know it's hard in suburbia. Sometimes it just feels like we're in a never-ending cycle of, I don't know, burgers and pizza, but, you know, Go find yourself somewhere out there that's a little more challenging and see what it does to your art and how it informs you. And if it does nothing, then you know what? Maybe that's not for you next month, but something else will be more closely linked to pushing you out of your creative doldrums. And the last one is get yourself a recipe box. And this comes from um, watching a masterclass with Judy Plume. And in it, she talks about how she literally has a recipe box, uh, an old metal recipe box. I don't know if it was in her family or if she found it at a junk store or something. But she would go out to eat or out on a park bench, and she would write down snippets of conversations that she would hear. And she'd just pop them in the recipe box. And when she was sitting down to write a book, she would go through the recipe box and pull out fragments of scenes or lines or dialogue or settings that appeal to her and work within those parameters. And so even though get a recipe box is not on my October prompt list, what is on the prompt list is going to the pub or going somewhere public and writing down one conversation you overheard heard, and then turning it into a story or turning it into a poem or an essay or something else of, of the ilk. And you will see how heightened language becomes when you take dialogue out of context. What made you think that that was interesting enough to write down can often tell you what you think is interesting about people and humanity and can lend itself to more thematic expression, more thematic choices in whatever piece of writing, especially that you're working on. And if you're a songwriter, dialogue is a great place to start. I think that what how people really talk can often tell you how lyrical real life can be and allow you to sort of play with language in that way. In the October prompt list, there's about 20 of you, 20 things for you to choose from. So there's a lot there and it ranges, um, you know, in And I tried to touch on a lot of things that are not specific to writing, but to all artistic genres, because I think it is important to play outside of your norm. I mean, last year I took uh, ballet classes every week 
and really explored my body in a sense of being art, art in itself. And a man did it give me such an appreciation for what people who dedicate their lives to dance are feeling and also what they look like. It was such a celebration of body and the adults who were in the class, it was male and female, their stories about what, why, what brought them back to dance as adults were so empowering and so interesting to me. Um, and I think how brave, how brave they are. We all are. Me too. You know, to go into these rooms where we haven't visited for a long time and to reimagine ourselves as some of these childhood dreams. There's a Donald Justice poem where he talks about turning 40 and the line, which I will probably butcher because I don't have it quite memorized, but it is, you know, men at 40 close doors softly to rooms they will never visit again. But I encourage you to visit those rooms again, to see what brought you joy as a child or a teenager that might bring you joy now as an adult. I think it's going, it's getting darker outside as we head into winter. And the way to keep light in your space is to explore yourself, your, your creative self and to explore these ways of keeping light around you and keeping yourself in the light, keeping yourself in those joys. And remember, you know, every artist was first an amateur. That's Emerson for you. I mean, he tells you right away, the beginning is something to be savored. And so I encourage you with these prompts to really not think of it as a cop-out, you know, that I can't, I can't do these things as my on my own, I have to have someone else write them down for me. And I have to do, I have, I can't, I can't just sit down and be creative of my own volition. I need to like have a checklist. Don't think of it like that. Think of it as a daily practice. Think of it as a starting point. Think of it as an exercise. The same way that singers have vocal warm-ups before they go on stage. The same way dancers stretch. The same way painters sketch what they're going to do in pencil first. These little creative prompts are just a way for you to ignite bigger fires, ultimately. So what I want more for, from you is the idea of light and fire being part of your everyday experience and not something that feels trembly, scary, full of fear. It should be joyful. And it's not to say that there aren't hard parts. It's not to say that it's not incredibly frustrating when you're working on a project and it doesn't raise all of these voices inside of you that say you're not good enough or this isn't perfect or who's going to read this or, or why am I even doing this? Those voices are going to come there. They're going to be there. If you can invite the other side in as well, the joy, the acceptance, the reception, the openness, your entire life will feel a little bit balance. So thank you for listening and I'll see you next week.